and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is the mayor of Shawntown, Sean. Yep, the mayor and the only resident of Shawntown. <laughs> That's me. Well, this week we watched Comedy Bang Bang, the talk show adaptation of the long-running Earwolf podcast. Yes, and um, this is my first time watching Comedy Bang Bang. I know, Scott, that you uh, recommended it quite a few times. I've never gotten around to watch it, even though it is on Netflix. And we should mention that's where we are watching it from. Mm -hmm. The Netflix they have. Is it the entire fifth season? No, just half. Just half. Just half. Yeah, I was um, actually surprised to see that it had ended. The show itself had ended. And the fifth season is the last. That was interesting for me to see that. And actually, December, I think December 2nd was the last episode. Yeah, just yeah. at the time that we're recording this, it just ended. Yeah, last month. So that's that's interesting. I really didn't know what to expect. And we have, I think, similar tastes in humor. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, it was interesting. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely interesting. There, there's no show like it on television. You know, it's uh, it has the appearance of a talk show, uh, but it's got this uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse type edge to it and uh, just some weird... Uh, surrealist elements as well. I, I just, I, I love it. I think it's such a great show. Uh, sorry yeah. to see it leave after uh, five seasons. Five long seasons, by the way. Yeah, 110 episodes Yeah, over over five. I, I was looking at that. I'm like, okay, you know, it started in, in 2012. And, you know, it's been, you know, four or five years, like you said. And that's that's a amazing amount of episodes for that many, many seasons. Mm. They really crammed them in. And uh, season four itself was 40 episodes. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I could say is the amount of talent. I mean, just going through the uh, the episode guide and the episode lists mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, the amount of stars they got on this show is, is really pretty amazing. I, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing shows that have a lot of star power and, you know, especially comedian uh, star power. They're willing to go on a show and just, you know, be themselves and or put on this funny role. So... That definitely encourages me to watch more episodes down the road. Yeah. There's a reason why he got a lot of comedians on the show. Scott Ackerman is very connected in the uh, comedy community in L.A. I mean, a lot of these guest stars have been on his podcast as well. Not so much Kevin Bacon from today's episode, but uh, a lot of the other guests. Uh, Let me just give you a little backstory on the history of Comedy Bang Bang. Please. Uh, In the mid-2000s, Scott Ackerman, who was previously known for being a writer on Mr. Show with Bob and David, that was a highly influential sketch comedy series on HBO. He started a live comedy showcase that ran at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in L.A. called Comedy Death Ray. And so running concurrently with the live show, Scott Ackerman also started an internet radio show also called Comedy Death Ray, but it was Comedy Death Ray Radio. And that was in May 2009. So in addition to listeners being able to listen live once a week on Indies 103.1, the episodes were also, you know, made available as podcasts, which there weren't too many podcasts back then. So this really started to gain a lot of popularity, especially since he had, like you mentioned, a lot of big name comedians and, you know, guests like that. And uh, the podcast, it was much different from the live show. Comedy Death Ray, the stage show, had this lineup of L.A.'s hottest alternative comedy acts and stand-ups. While Comedy Death Ray, the podcast, was more of like an improvised chat show. And it had Mm. comedians playing characters and games. And it was a lot of improv. 
Now, at the podcast's two-year anniversary, Scott Ackerman made a special announcement that the name Comedy Death Ray will be changed to Comedy Bang Bang. And the live show, you know, eventually after that, I think it lasted a few more years, eventually it ended, but Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, actually still exists as a weekly show, and it's currently approaching 500 episodes at the time of this recording. Yeah, a crazy amount of episodes. Yeah. And not to mention live shows. I think they just finished a uh, a live tour in which they went all the way to Australia. Hmm. A number of uh, you know special events like that. Uh, one notable thing worth mentioning is that Comedy Death Ray also had a brief incarnation on IFC, uh, but only as interstitials. And it had Scott Ackerman on a very basic set, and he was interviewing an actor or comedian during commercial breaks. Like back then, uh, IFC also ran uh, reruns of Arrested Development. And so they'd go into commercial and for like 30 seconds, Scott Ackerman would talk to a comedian or maybe somebody that was on one of the shows that took a commercial break. Mm. It was just kind of interesting. It kind of almost laid the groundwork for this show. Yeah, and it's very interesting to see that it you know took that transition to to the TV series. And I, I you know it's, I'm assuming it's not really the same format. I've seen that recently, too, with some with some other podcasts who have kind of gone that route and have um, jumped to the TV or to a even a web episode type format mm-hmm. w- with some success too so this is but this is probably the only one I've heard recently uh, the first one I've heard that to actually take that jump and, and have you know the same name it's, it's very interesting yeah uh, Mark Marin another comedian who has a, a very famous podcast also got a series from IFC which is more about his life and it's kind of broken up by him recording his podcast in his garage, you know, just mm. kind of uh, as set pieces between different events. It's almost like that show Louie. Yes. Where, yes. you know, you'd see Louie do stand-up in between different moments. This, he had Mark Marin recording in his garage with a guest or something. Not really a straight-up adaptation of his podcast, but you can see where, you know, these things are gaining uh, traction and popularity. And, you know, they can get TV shows greenlit and things like that. Unfortunately, Comedy Bang Bang didn't get the respect it should have. It was unfortunate to see it end after five seasons. But like we were talking about, I mean, a 110-episode run is pretty great. Yeah, and at least you still have the podcast. So you still have some of the content, some of the content creators there, Mm -hmm. or all the content creators there doing the podcast. So, And who knows, it might get picked up. We've seen that before where shows have been on one network and or, or a minor network, I guess you could say, if you want to call IFC a minor network. Yeah, um, and then picked up by something else who who see the value and see the um you know the popularity of it and appreciate it a bit more. So you might see more down the road, you know, definitely. And it just shows again, like you said, the, the power of podcasting. What a great medium! I hate the name of podcasting, even though we we have our own podcast, <laughs> of course. But I just I think it's a you know of course it's based off the iPod. Yeah, which I, I think is just a dumb name. But anyway, I I think it's such a great medium for people to really showcase their talents, of course, like our wonderful show. So um, hopefully we get to, maybe we'll have a TV show down the road, Scott. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> and then we'll re- review ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Cause some sort of black hole or something. Yeah, Nexus. Some rip in space time. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> so basically, uh, June 8th, 2012, Comedy Bang Bang began on the independent film channel, IFC, and ended, like you mentioned, December 12th. 2016. Now, the episode that we watched for this week's episode of the podcast is entitled Kevin Bacon Wears a Blue Button-Down Shirt and Brown Boots. It was the premiere episode of Comedy Bang Bang's fifth and final season. It originally aired on IFC June 3rd, 2016. 
It was written by Scott Ackerman, Neil Campbell, Dave Ferguson, Mike Hanford, and Tim Kalpakis. Uh, the, the last three names I just mentioned, they're all members of The Birthday Boys, which is a, a very funny sketch comedy show that also aired on IFC for two seasons. Uh, it was directed by Stony Sharp, whose other directing credits include productions of Cinematic Titanic, which are a series of movie riffs by some of the original cast and crew members of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And uh, as you probably noticed, the episode title is a description of the guest in their wardrobe, and that's how every episode is titled. So, for example, the first episode was Zach Galifianakis wears a blue jacket and red socks. That was followed by Amy Poehler wears a black jacket and gray pants. Just a funny way of naming episodes. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I was going to, I saw the name of this episode. I'm like, what? And I went back and saw the other episode names throughout the series. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's her stick is doing, uh, you know, what the guest was wearing, which is pretty clever. Oh, yeah. And, you know, another show this is likened to, and I can kind of see it, and I didn't think about this until I read it. One of the um, reviewers from the LA Times, Robert Lloyd, called the show and likened it to Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Oh, yeah. Which I could definitely see. It has that kind of like real life space ghost quality. It was, it was very interesting. We'll, of course, go into it in a second. Yes. And uh, for more on Space Ghost Coast to Ghost, please see our episode that we did. Also featuring somebody we, from this episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, this episode is notable because it is the uh, first episode of the show's third and final band leader slash announcer. Uh, the yes. first musician and comedian was Reggie Watts. He left midway through season four. He actually uh, left on season four, episode 20. He became James Corden's band leader on the Late Late Show, and that's where he's been ever since. At that point, season four, episode 21, musician Kid Cudi took over from there and led just for the remainder of season four. Uh, although, I mean, that makes it sound like it's only a few episodes, but like I said, that's a 40-episode season. So he did, you know, a 20-episode run. He did half the season, yeah. Yeah. But to start season five, this show was graced by a new musical talent, a hitting play favorite. Yes, Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic. So Fantastic. great. Fantastic. Now, was he a common contributor in the, the podcasts? Is that true or is that? Uh, not not like on the show. He's not there every week. He's been a guest okay. before. He's been a guest on, yeah. Has he been a guest on the, the TV show or is yes. he just? He has been, okay. Yeah, he has appeared on the TV show as well okay. previously. Uh, but yeah, it, it's funny. There's, I think there's even an episode on the podcast with him and Tom Sharpling, which is pretty funny. Go back and listen to. Okay, Tom Sharpling was also on the um, the podcast. Yeah, a couple of times, actually. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Weird Al is so great. And like I said, like Scott mentioned, go see, check out the episode, the Space Ghost Coast to Coast episode. He's, Weird Al is just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think him more than anyone else, because I, I really don't know any of the other members of the cast. And like I said, I have to go back and review start season one, episode one, of course, and go through. It's almost like jumping into a uh, a series, like a halfway through. You know, yeah. you oh, yeah. play understands all the jokes, all the end stuff. So I really have to go back and do that. But seeing Weird Al, I mean, really helped me to get into it. If it was someone else, I think it would have been harder to get into this. But, you know, he's just so naturally, such a natural talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever he does, so yeah, Weird Al was just fantastic. He's definitely, yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the greats. Made it easier, definitely. All right, so let's get right into this. Uh, this is such a strange show, I love it. Uh, we start with a cold open, a lovely morning at this uh, palatial estate. You see a red Ford Mustang parked out front as Scott Ackerman steps outside to happy music and chirping birds, but right away he is hit with a small rainstorm that's centered directly over his head. 
Uh, we next see that the rain is coming from a laughing cartoon storm cloud that follows Scott all the way to his car. Let me ask you, Scott. I'm guessing, is the cold open different in every episode? Or is it just the same kind of theme where he's going into the, the studio? Oh, no, they, they switch it up. It's it's, all, it's all different every time. Yeah, okay. it's all, all different right. things. I wasn't <laughs> sure if this was an ongoing... The, the rain cloud thing was an ongoing, you know, skit or something, or if it was just like a one-time thing. No, it's just kind of a, just a strange, uh, random element. I mean, uh, the I was watching the episode where Reggie Watts gets his official send-off, and that starts in the future as Scott Ackerman is this doddering old man that's interviewed by a reporter oh, really? who wants to uh, ask him about Reggie. You know, it's just, they'll start with whatever. They'll, they'll okay. mix it up. They, one episode was like a countdown of their best moments. It's very weird. Yeah. So when Scott finally gets to his car, Cloud flies away, Scott finally drives and parks the TV studio, and the Cloud is there waiting for him and resumes. But just as quickly as it arrived, I guess it's just blown away by another Cloud? Another happy Cloud comes in, <laughs> goes bye-bye, and pulls it away. And uh, that leaves a rainbow, and Scott is so excited to see the rainbow that he runs around the studio alleys looking for what's at the end, and... To his delight, he eventually finds the mythical pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Uh, but zooming in on his face, we see that his reaction seems quite sinister. <laughs> and he gets that the demonic uh, tone in his voice. <laughs> well, what, one line that cracked me up when he first saw the rainbow, he's looking for rainbows. He goes, Da Vinci's demons, I've spotted one. <laughs> it just cracked me up. Da Vinci's demons line. A reference to uh, a, a stars series, I think. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, so from here we cut to the Comedy Bang Bang studio where Weird Al is mid-story explaining True Detective Season 2 to a stagehand cleaning the floor. Yeah, I had to look that up because I saw those <laughs> names and I never saw True Detective before. Yeah. So I'm like, I gotta see what this is. So I had actually Googled it and discovered it was, uh, you know, like you said, True Detective. <laughs> the guy's like mopping. He's like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just then Scott enters the studio with a jingling burlap sack. And, you know, he kind of warmly greets everyone on, on the stage. They're all busy cleaning the set, everybody in the crew wearing black. Uh, what do you think of the look of this set, Sean? It, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it, out of all the stuffed heads in the wall, it's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Um, they talk sometimes. Do they? Re okay, so I didn't know that. So, again, there's a lot of stuff I, gotta, I really have to find out about. So, very interesting set. <laughs> it's almost like Mr. Rogers' house, but with a sharp modern art direction. Like I said, it reminds me of Pee-wee's Playhouse. I mean, Bookie the Book would talk to Scott sometimes. You know, very reminiscent of Pee-wee's Playhouse, which, you know, is a, a big influence on Scott Ackerman. He's mentioned that before. And I think he even wrote on Pee-wee's newest movie that uh, premiered on Netflix. Oh, yes. the um, I saw part of that. I'll tell you a quick story about that. I was watching that movie because I'm a big Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse fan believe it or not. Oh, me too. And I was watching that with my kids. I'm like, oh, you guys will love this. Pee Wee Herman, you know, he's, he's back. He was, let's watch this. And I got probably, I don't know, a quarter way through the movie. And there's a scene with, I think it's like strippers or something. <laughs> and I immediately had to turn off the TV. I'm like, okay, this is, my wife gave, shot me a look. And I'm like, okay, enough Pee Wee for, for right now. <laughs> so it is a little more adult in nature, the new Pee Wee Herman uh, movie on Netflix. I see. Yeah. yeah, stick with the stick with the old TV show for the yeah. kids. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Or even the first movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, wasn't uh, bad. Large Marge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Large Marge. <laughs> that, that traumatized a generation. Yeah. Thanks, no, I, I feel traumatized again because of that. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, it just, uh, I, I honestly didn't take too much time looking at the all the details of the set. 
And I think, like I said, once I go back and watch from the beginning and see the interaction between some of the, the set and Scott, I think that will, you know, I'll be have a better answer for that. Mm-hmm. You know, very kind of art deco-ish, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I did notice all the stuff heads everywhere. That was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, a lot of natural Elks elements. And all sorts of stuff. Squirrel, yeah. I saw a squirrel on the de- on the shelf. Yeah, all that stuff talks too. Even the couches at some point. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So this is very Pewdiepie play, playhouse like. Yeah. yeah, the couch has a name, I believe too. I forget what it is. <laughs> so anyway, um, at, at this point, Weird Al says hello, and, and Scott asks, "Hey, you know, where did Kid Cudi go?" And Weird Al just is like, "Oh, he quit. I'm the new band leader." And Scott shrugs and is like, "Oh, okay, fine." Scott also learns that Eric the PA also left to become Kid Cudi's roadie. And this is what sends him into a frenzy. No, no, he's screaming and everything. He's like so distressed that that the PA left, but, you know, didn't care that Kid Cudi had to leave. Yeah. Now, Reggie, you know, like I mentioned, he started from the very beginning. He did the theme song of the podcast. He's done the theme song here. You know, he's been such a big part of the show for three and a half seasons. So he got a very big send-off in Season 4, Episode 20. It's this whole plot revolving around Reggie being a secret alien and, you know, how they're going to invade Earth and Reggie has been captured. It's like this whole convoluted plot. So Reggie got, like, a really good send-off. Kid Cudi just kind of disappeared. Huh. In real life, he left because he just, like, didn't have the time anymore. I guess he wanted to focus more on music. Didn't get quite the send-off that Reggie did. Well, this, this, uh, his reaction to Weird Al was just kind of, yeah, interesting, you know, just saying, okay, sure, whatever, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> now, the, the background, um, assistants that are doing the dusting, are they regular characters, or are they just kind of differ by, by episode? Uh, some members of the crew are, you know, very famous comedians, you know, that show yeah. up. The people that I saw there, I don't think there's anybody that I recognized, I'm looking at a still shot right now, and I can't really tell. Yeah, I don't think that those guys are necessarily regulars, the ones that we see here. Okay. But, uh, yeah, there are people that, that uh, show up sometimes that it's like, you know, the guy that shows up to clean or whatever. It's like, oh, no, this is a comedian I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Scott has the entire crew gather around him to announce that he's found a pot of gold, and everyone's very impressed, and... <laughs> Scott once again looks down upon its glow and he speaks with this sinister voice. He does, hey, it's mine, all mine. <laughs> and as he's admiring this gold, he's confronted by this tiny leprechaun-like <laughs> man demanding his gold back. This did crack me up. <laughs> Keep in mind, this wasn't like a March episode. There was like no reason for a leprechaun element. This was in June. Yeah. <laughs> And Weird Al reacts in shock. There's some it, hilarious Weird Al reaction shots in here. That, that I was about to say that. that. That reaction of Weird Al when he saw it, he kind of like jumped back a bit. like, whoa. <laughs> Cracked me up. And with some dramatic musical stingers, Scott identifies this tiny man as an owlis. <laughs> which Weird Al is like, a what? Yeah, and we'll get the explanation from the few. We immediately cut to just black with hashtag Owlis written across the screen in gold. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, I guess we'll learn what this is all about. But from this, we cut to the opening sequence. Now, Scott, what's up with the uh, clackety teeth man, head man? Yes. So early on in the podcast, the comedy Death Ray logo was a skeleton in a tuxedo holding like a sci-fi ray gun. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I he switched logos a couple of times. One was like a, a caricature version of himself, 
And, uh, but anyway, when he made the announcement, like I mentioned, like two years in, like we're going to be comedy bang, bang now. I yeah. think it was then, or maybe, uh, another logo change after that. But anyway, for the, for a very long time now, the logo of the podcast and probably the live show, although, you know, I'm, we're not out there in LA to see it, but has been this chattering teeth logo, you know, very, a very old symbol of comedy, the wind up chattering teeth. Uh, on a motorcycle rider's body riding a motorcycle. So that was always the the longtime logo. And so I guess the artist that they commissioned to do the logo also got to do like this big animated sequence based on the logo, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And the sequence was very cool. I, I couldn't even, I was trying to figure out what, who this, uh, this art form or this animation style was, was like. I know I've seen it before, similar works like it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very kind of uh, Monty Python-ish. Yeah, Somewhat. it has like a that surreal landscape. I yeah, can definitely see that. Yeah. Like a Terry Gilliam inspired yes. world. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, and I just looked it up and this uh, opening sequence, this was done by Paul Hornschmeyer, who is mm. a, an artist, an author, and a director based out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Interesting. Just and, a very interesting style. And this guy here, this uh, chattering teeth on a motorcycle rider's body, this is Motormouth, I guess. He has an official name. Motormouth. I was okay. not aware of that. Well, he has to have some kind of name, so. Now, in this opening sequence, we start with the comedy Bang Bang theme. Uh, this is like a produced version of the podcast theme. The original podcast theme, believe it or not, was improvised on the spot by Reggie Watts hmm. on an episode. It was that uh, that comedy Bang Bang, comedy Bang Bang, comedy, like that. That was all improvised. Re- Reggie Watts is known for his very unique musical style. And what he does is he electronically loops and modulates his voice it's very interesting soundscapes that he creates. Really, yeah. and he's funny too. He's a very funny guy. So he'll make some really like silly songs, which he did often on the show early on too. But on the podcast, when he was changing the name, he had this episode where he was uh, asking Reggie to come in and improvise some songs for the new branding of Comedy Bang Bang. And so he came up with, I think, with like three or four, and this was one of them. And I believe even I think Paul F. Tompkins was there. And they, they agreed, like, this is the one you got to go with. And that became the podcast theme. Wow. So now when the show started, they're like, well, you know, let's use that. But they, they had more of a produced version. It had some horns in there and some things like that. So that That's amazing. I, I have su- such a respect for someone who can have that talent. Yeah, he's amazing. To improvise something like that. It's amazing. And it's funny because Reggie Watts was used for many other TV show themes as well. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear him quite a bit. That's a good line of work. Yeah. So during Reggie's run on the show, the theme song was sung by Reggie. During Kid Cudi's run, it was sung by Kid Cudi. Uh, here we notice this is very clearly Weird Al singing yes. and announcing the guests. So I like that. The song stays the same, but the band leader gets to do it in their own unique style. Yeah, which Weird Al definitely has his own unique style. <laughs> now, the animation for the uh, sequence, you might notice that there's one point where this guy Motormouth, the, the chattering teeth, he picks up a Boston Terrier? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's Scott's dog, Rocky, who's uh, also been in the show in real life. Unfortunately, uh, Rocky passed away, uh, I think, earlier this year. Oh. But, yeah, it was pretty funny to see the little Boston Terrier in the sidecar. Yeah, yeah. In this sequence, we're told that the guests for this episode are, of course, Kevin Bacon, actor Leonardo DiCaprio, and a visit from an owlis? <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> 
Fading back into the show, the audience is welcomed by Scott Ackerman, and when Scott introduces himself, we see the name Dick Halloran at the bottom of the screen, along with the explanation, Scatman Carruthers' character in The Shining, 1980. Yeah, that was kind of confusing to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a running gag that goes back to the podcast. And Scott would introduce himself with various nicknames, uh, many of which sounded very close to his name. There's a couple of exceptions. I think he referred to himself as the Choctaw at one point or something. It's just very weird. Uh, but sometimes these would come about organically. There's one funny moment where he was going to call himself Hot Soccer Mom, and he stumbled over his words, and uh, comedian Harris Whittles, who appeared many times on the podcast and on the show uh, at various points, he was like, did you just call yourself Hot Saucerman? And oh, like, okay. And that, yep. th that's one that they use quite a bit, which that was hilarious. I think he even made his own like limited edition hot sauce because of that. So it's funny to see what these little mistakes. Evolve into. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So the TV version of this gag is that Scott would say his name normal, and you get the subtitle underneath be this incorrect name that kind of fits the rhythm of his name. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that's what that was all about. I guess by season five, they're really running out of names. That makes more sense. Now, Scott begins by telling the audience that they should call their mom to tell her they love her and how it's just as easy to call back and tell her they don't, just to keep her on her toes. <laughs> it's kind of a yeah, funny well, line there. Yep. So Scott then welcomes Weird Al, who opens with a song of just intense rambling gibberish. And Scott's <laughs> loving it. What you think of this song? <laughs> it, it was very interesting. Very Weird Al. <laughs> Because it's Weird Al, you just have to enjoy it, no matter what it is. It's just gibberish, you know, it's just, it's just funny. And especially seeing him do it live in person, it's just, you know, he's a funny guy. I love how angry his face is when he's, when he's singing this song, too. So Weird Al tells Scott that, you know, he's fitting in quite well, and everyone's being very nice to him, except Scott. And it's Scott's, Scott's kind of like a little nod after that, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, there was We get this weird moment here. Weird Al... Ask Scott if, you know, oh, you know what I'm thinking? And Scott explains, well, you know, I cannot because I'm not telepathic. And then Scott asks Weird Al the same question and Weird Al reveals that he does in fact know what Scott is thinking because he is telepathic. And he was just hoping that Scott shared his gift, which is both his blessing and his curse. Yeah. <laughs> Scott was about to demonstrate his gift of telekinesis, but then Weird Al screams, who cares? And that look on his, like, a shocked look on Scott's face. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> He's like, taken, right. he's taken aback by it. He's like, oh, we'll check back later. And then he just goes on to move on with the show. And this is just, you'll get this all the time on the show. Where the just strange moments out of nowhere. You can never expect anything on the show. Just as Scott is about to speak, he's interrupted again by the tiny man demanding his gold back. This is uh, played by former SNL cast member John Milheiser, by the way. Oh, okay. I was wondering uh, who that was. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look it up. And Scott once again identifies him as an owlis. And, you know, again, Weird Al is like, what? You know, this, this term is very confusing to Weird Al. And, uh, yeah, you want to explain what this is? Yeah, so the owlis. Uh, <laughs> I, I, when, I, when they explain this, I love how they show it on the screen also. The breakdown of what it, what it, <laughs> what it means. So it stands for gold-loving Irish shorty <laughs> is, the, is the breakdown of it. And it's questioning, well, that, that should be gliss. Gold, G-L-I-S, but then you have to, you know, got mentions and references that actually it's the atomic element for gold, which is A-U. Yes. So that's how you get gold, A-U-L-I-S. 
And then Scott's just like, well, it's not a glucinium-loving Irish shorty. And then he and Weird Al both, you know, explain at the same time, yeah, glucinium is now known as beryllium. <laughs> now, if a security guard comes up next and says, isn't it just a leprechaun? <laughs> yes. And Weird Al just they like... don't women have this. It's yeah, just... just... Now, Zeke, the security guard here, this is uh, Baron Vaughn, and he's going to be Tom Servo in the new Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, is he? Okay, great. Yep. I have to listen to his voice and see if he has a Tom Servo-ish type voice. Uh, not really. I mean, uh, he his doesn't... Own, his own, you know, take on it, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll mention something in the first episode of the new MST3K, like, you know, you got a new sound chip or something, you know, and yeah. move on from there. But, you know, very funny. And uh, he has a movie podcast, or at least he did, with uh, Leonard Malton. So, you know, he's a great pick, anyway. But, yeah, I, l- I just love that moment. Just let him have this. <laughs> <laughs> so the owl is continues with his demands and threats he and wants he, his gold back wants his gold back he's gonna give scott grief and everything's like a rhyme that ends in the yeah <laughs> grief to the or whatever scott just kind of laughs him off and dismisses his threats as hashtag things only an owlist would say and we also see that hashtag show up at the bottom of the screen uh, a lot of times in these episodes there will be hashtags that show up at the bottom of the screen i love the leprechaun or the Alice um, costume. I think it's one of the most authentic <laughs> leprechaun <laughs> costumes I've ever seen. With the little boots and the buckles and everything. It's just hilarious. And we should mention his size. No, he's not normal size. He's no. like a little, probably a foot tall at the most. Yeah, exactly. And throughout the episode, I, just, I expect them just to come out and, and you know, because you hear of uh, stories of leprechauns and how you steal their gold and just really angry and violent and horrible things happen. It's like, there's none of that. It's just, you know, just the, not even an annoyance, just this thing there that's, uh, you know, making these threats, but we really can't carry him out. Yeah. Or he'll, he'll go away for a while and then come back and try it again. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, you know, threatening death or, or bodily, bodily harm on anybody. It's just like, you know, I have to give me back my gold. Yes. And he has a couple of schemes, as we'll get to. So moving on, Scott introduces his first guest, saying that he shares a first name with the main character in Home Alone, and hopefully that's not the only thing interesting about him. <laughs> and so Kevin Bacon enters the set, greets Scott, and sits down as Weird Al plays a song with the lyrics. I think it's like, hey, what's shaking, Kevin Bacon? Something like that. <laughs> and uh, the interviews on this show are always great. Y- you can see that there's certain beats, obviously, that they have to cover in the conversation because it works into like the overall story of the show. Uh, Because Kevin Bacon is out here for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like, all right, we're going to pause the hilarity for a conversation and we'll get back to the story. Like, no, Kevin Bacon is now in the show. So he's He's very much part of the whole theme. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of what we see here in these conversations is very much improvised, you know? And it's like the conversations on the podcast where they don't really, I mean, maybe they'll want to promote something like a celebrity if they'll be on the podcast. But yeah. most of what they'll do is just have this organic conversation. So we can see a lot of that here. Yes, yeah. I, I like how Scott was very impressed by Al's song. <laughs> that was very nice. Good job. <laughs> and it cracked me up when Kevin Bacon started clapping. And he's like, oh, what? we don't actually clap. <laughs> As Scott begins by addressing a rumor that he heard that whenever Kevin goes to a wedding, he slips the DJ a 50 not to play Footloose. Yep. And Kevin's like, well, that's true, but the amount is more like 20. So then uh, Scott Warren's like, all right, well, Weird Al has Footloose at the ready. So Kevin hands him, instead of a 20, a plastic poop bag because he doesn't have any money on him. <laughs> Just pulls it out of his, of his jeans. It's really 
<laughs> and what do they even say? Like, why do you have that? And it's something about like, well, you know, it's Hollywood. Not like yeah. I have a dog or anything. It's just, yeah, we're, you know, Hollywood. And like, I love Weird Al just kind of like slowly walks up to him, grabs the bag, walks behind the keyboard and kind of just slips it into his pocket. Looks at it and kind of is like, what to do with it? Yeah. It's like, I'll use it later. <laughs> so as Scott resumes, he's once again interrupted by Kevin who asks for something to drink. He's thirsty because did you catch why he's thirsty? This was pretty funny too. He's, he goes into this thing about how many glasses of water he's supposed to drink a day. And he's, he keeps on forgetting he's supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day or one glass of water every eight days. He's, yeah. <laughs> he, can't, he can't figure out which one it is. <laughs> so he's very, very thirsty. Very Scott, parched. Yeah, very parched. And Scott calls for G, the PA, to pour Kevin a glass of water from the cooler. But when she does, it's all green. And the, so now the Alice appears out of thin air and he's dancing on top of the cooler, demanding his money back. And, you know, it's like this was a, a big <laughs> trick that he played on him. But because it's only green food coloring and the water is perfectly normal otherwise, Scott decides, yeah, I'll just keep my gold. And then I like how Kevin even likes the green water because it reminds him of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was a pretty funny line. <laughs> it's like... Robo reptiles, he calls them. Yeah, robo reptiles. He's like, yeah, robots. <laughs> He's like, what am I splint? What am I thinking of splinter? <laughs> it's pretty funny because then Scott and Weird Al had to like, look at disgust. Like Weird Al puts his head back. Like, oh yeah. Reggie also had really good reaction shots, and Weird Al does a very good job. I didn't see too many of Kid Cudi's episodes. I'm sure that was part of like his job too as the band leader to react to things. Yeah, but I know like quite famously, uh, Scott would always mention about how Reggie never read like any scripts. So I'm sure early on, a lot of the reactions were pretty genuine. But Scott next asked Kevin if he's ever thought about following in the footsteps of his father, who was a city planner. And Kevin's like, oh, you know, funny you mention that. Because he's designing a city himself, and we find out that it's a city called Kevintown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just love the fact that Kevin Bacon agreed to come on the show and do this whole bit. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so funny. He grabs a small shoebox diorama. It looks like a, a, a child's school project. Uh, it has a picture of a castle made out of, I guess, tiny candies, he says. And this is to represent the mayor's house. Yep. And it has a water slide that goes down to City Hall. Uh, Kevin also explains that he is the mayor, that Kevin Town is also short for Kevin's Town. <laughs> the main industry is fun. And the only restaurant is a pizza place called Pizza Town. And the... <laughs> The other building in the diorama is a is a pizza a, a white building with a pizza on top of the roof. Yes, that's Pizza Town. Pizza Town. When <laughs> Scott's just like, you know, you have to eat a you know eat pizza every night. He's like, well, there's calzones and garlic knots. <laughs> and Kevin goes on like talking about it. It's like this wonderful place, and everyone's nice to one another. No one's ever sad, and it's awesome. And he's as he's explaining this, like. Almost as if a little kid would. He's getting very emotional. Putting the model away and he's calling his idea stupid. You know, it'll never work. And I like how, how Scott's trying to really talk to him about the practicality of Kevin Town. <laughs> what people can do for jobs, where they get money from. Yes. And so, like, Kevin's just, like, completely losing confidence in himself. So Scott tries to make him feel better, calling the idea, you know, whimsical. But Kevin's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm a successful Hollywood actor. <laughs> it, uh, so Scott tries to resume the interview at this point but he stops mid-sentence as he's drawn to the pot of gold that's kind of like situated behind the couches where they're sitting yeah, so it's catching his eye yeah 
And so he brings it over and he accuses Kevin of stealing a piece again in that strange evil voice. And Kevin denies it, so Scott, still in kind of like a golem mode, uh, decides to count every piece individually just to make sure. So he's, you know, one, two, three. Uh, we fade to two hours later as Scott is now at 2,000. And when he counts to 2,001, he comments in his normal voice, oh, great film. <laughs> and then finishes with 2,002. And then we find out that he actually, you know, Kevin asks him, well, how many were supposed to be in there? He said he has no idea because it was his first time counting it. <laughs> yeah. And then from here, he goes on to count it a second time. So we fade forward in time as he reaches 299 and then 300 to which he comments in his normal voice, typical Hollywood trash. <laughs> <laughs> And then we fade an hour and 33 minutes later as he once again reaches 2001, this time saying, such a classic. Mm. And Weird, Weird Al silently nods. Yeah. <laughs> They're all just sitting there very patiently. And uh, Scott grins over the glow of his precious gold. And Weird Al tells Zeke, the security guard, that he's worried that Scott is coming down with dragon sickness. Yep, yep. Reference from The Hobbit. And Zeke totally understands what dragon sickness is. He's like, oh yeah, it's like the disease that Thorin had in The Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. He's becoming more obsessed with the gold than what's best for the dwarves. <laughs> or in this case, friends, as Weird Al points out. Yep. So cutting back to the interview, uh, we get to this point where Scott brings up the famous game, The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And this is where Kevin admits, well, this is the only reason why I came on the show, because there's one actor that I've never been connected to. This, this whole skit cracked me up. I think it was my favorite part of the entire uh, episode with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> uh, no, let's let's just pause here. I, I wanted to mention, uh, obviously, The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon uh, was based on a, an idea that Kevin Bacon has been in so many things with so many people that every actor could be connected to him in six steps or less. Yes, yep. Uh, I think they call it the most centered actor which since, I think they've found out that there are other people probably more centered than him. I think uh, Rod Steiger, supposedly, is um, Steiger. more connected, and possibly even Christopher Lee. Oh, really? Christopher, yeah. Okay. You know, it reminded me of, I don't know, Scott, have you ever seen the movie PCU? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. It, it's a fantastic film starring uh, Jeremy Piven, mm -hmm. and also David Spade was in it. It's one, I think, one of earlier David Spade's earlier films. Mm-hmm. Um, from 94, just, I think, a very under, underrated film about a college in Connecticut, actually. And oh, I see why you saw it now. No, no, it was just very, well, that was part of it, but it was just a very <laughs> well-done film. It actually had John Favreau. I forgot that he was in it. it. Basically, in PCU, this one character called Pigman was one of the members of the pit. It was with this frat, basically, in the movie. And he was watching TV, basically, 24-7 to try to prove the Kane Hackman theory. Which is kind of very, it reminded me of this when, you know, I, I saw this in, in uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah. That, and the theory is that no matter what time it is, 24 hours a day, you could find either a Michael Caine or Gene Hackman movie playing on TV. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he ends up, you know, spoil or he ends up, you know, proving his thesis. Just, just a very funny scene. But this is, yeah, I've, I've heard, I've heard this, the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon before too, but never really investigated it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's pretty funny because uh, there was a game made out of it, you know, where people could try to come up with, all right, you connect this person to Kevin Bacon, or you can even can try to connect two people and see who can do it in the fewest steps. Now, there's a website I got to recommend. It's called OracleofBacon.org. Mm. And this is uh, basically 
the six degrees of Kevin Bacon calculator that you can use. And so Kevin Bacon to blank. And you can actually remove Kevin Bacon and type in a, another actor and just do two, you know, two people and try to find how many steps it takes. So, for example, Sean, uh, try to think of uh, someone. We'll, we'll put it in here and see. Okay. Let me think here. Anybody pretty much on IMDb, it'll use. All right. Michael J. Fox. Okay. Okay. Michael J. Fox has a bacon number of two. Really? He was in Back to the Future Part 2 with Elijah Wood, who was in Beyond All Boundaries with Kevin Bacon. Okay. All right. All right. Let's try to find someone a little dif- more difficult. All right. Uh, Marlon Brando. That's probably going to actually be an easy one, but... Yeah, again, Bacon number of two. He was in The Island of Dr. Moreau with Ron Perlman, who was in Balto with Kevin Bacon. Huh. Okay. Here's one that we won't be able to find. Good. Ronald Reagan. Okay. Again. Two. No way. He was in the 1940 movie An Angel from Texas with Eddie Albert, who was in the big picture in 1989 with Kevin Bacon. Wow. So, I mean, it shows you how connected. In fact, I went before this episode and calculated Scott Ackerman, Weird Al, uh, even Tim Kalpakis, and sure enough, they all have Bacon numbers of two. Wow, that's pretty amazing. That says a lot for Kevin Bacon's career, really. I, I believe they said the average Kevin Bacon number is two point something, like two point eight, I believe, something like that. That's, it's pretty amazing. L- let pretty me just amazing. let me just try a couple of weird ones here. Like, let's try Wayne Gretzky. I got one after you do that one too. Okay, man, Wayne Gretzky was in At First Sight with Nathan Lane, who was in He Said She Said with Kevin Bacon. Wayne Gretzky was in At First Sight. Yeah, but we that was. Uh, that was Val Kilmer as the, I think, yeah, the blind the, guy. The blind, yeah, and the blind. Didn't they go to a therapist? hockey game or something? Uh, maybe. I mean, that's, that's a stretch. It's kind of like how Yarmir Yager was in that sudden death movie with yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Actually, yeah. let's try Yarmir Yager. That's probably the only link, I'm guessing. <laughs> the sudden death, somehow. Yarmir Yager was in Brat 2, I have no idea what that is, with Tom Milanovich, who was in Novocaine with Kevin Bacon. Yarmir Yager also has a Bacon number of two. All right, let's try um, Judy Garland. See, you're going old, but no, it's not working. I'm going working. old. See, I'm trying to see if I can, yeah. Nope, bacon number of two. Judgment at Nuremberg, 1961, with Maximilian Schell in Telling Lies in America, 1997, with Kevin Bacon. Wow. Give okay, us one here... more, Sean. Okay, Ted McGinley. Oh, okay. Let's try we're going to jump the shark yeah, here. We're going to jump the shark. I, I think I know where this probably is, but I, I'm just curious what it says. The number is still two. Wow. He was in Young Doctors in Love, 1982, with James O'Connell in Hero at Large, 1980, with Kevin Bacon. Wow. See, I thought maybe that would be the uh, Revenge of the Nerds somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. like That immediately connects him with John Goodman, who is in everything. So it shows you it's everybody's very, very much connected. It goes based on the idea that we as people are only separated by six degrees or less. You know, six degrees of separation, and it was just kind of a, a joke that it, Kevin Bacon rhymes with the word separation. So Yeah, that that's funny. All right, well, enough of that. If you want to do that yourself, What's I, the I encourage again? you. Oracleofbacon.org. Oracleofbacon.org. That's yeah. funny. It, it, that's something you could spend hours on, just trying to find somebody who has more than, more than two. <laughs> I know. Or three. There has to be somebody out there. If you have to go back, I'm sure if you went back to, like, you know, 1903, the early, uh, but there's still probably someone there. Yeah, yeah. You know, End of it, someone's career, the beginning of someone else's that happens to 
you know, be the beginning of Kevin Bacon's career and end of the slurp. It's, oh, that's bizarre. Yeah, I believe I read of one instance where there was a movie called Primer, uh, which is a great uh, indie sci-fi film about time travel. I yes. highly recommend that film. Uh, everybody in that cast had an infinite Kevin Bacon number because no one was connected. But I, I believe one of the actors went on to do something else, and that linked the the entire cast to Kevin Bacon. Ugh. So that that ended. So things like that will happen. You know, somebody in their first role in a very, you know, independent film will have an infinite Kevin Bacon number. But, you know, as their career progresses, that eventually will go away. All right, so let's get back to this. So, like I mentioned, Kevin admits he's only there because there was one actor he was never connected to. That's why he's on the show. So Scott asks, you know, is it me? And Kevin says, no, you were in Melvin Goes to Dinner with James Gunn, who was in Super with me. So Scott asks, uh, well, is it Al? Kevin says, no, Weird Al was in Tape Heads with Tim Robbins, who was in Mystic River with Kevin. So uh, Kevin reveals that it's not Scott or Al, but Brad Pitt. Of the uh, Jolie Pitts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like Kevin's response to, I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he says, you know, it's Brad Pitt, and even though he'll probably never be on the show, which Scott was kind of disappointed, uh, Slow Joey has been on an episode of the show. And we cut across the stage to the character of Slow Joey, who is played by Haley Joel Osment. Which kind of disturbed me seeing uh, Haley Joel Osment as an adult. I mean, you know, you meant for him as a little kid. Yeah. And uh, so I'm guessing, is he a um, a reoccurring character? He's been on the on the show playing Slow Joey before. Okay. Slow Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut across the stage, and there's Slow Joey, played by Haley Joel Osment. So uh, Kevin now details the connection. Uh, Brad Pitt was in 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was in The Sixth Sense with Haley Joel Osment. And, of course, Haley, as he mentions, plays Slow Joey. And so as Scott learns this for the first time, we get this Looney Tunes effect over the screen as it closes around Haley, but instead of that's all, folks, we read Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> and Kevin is so appreciative and, and thanks Haley for being there. And, and Scott is like, wait, weren't you in Sleepers with Brad Pitt? <laughs> and he like stops to think and realizes, uh, yeah, I was. He's like, I guess it was just that he was in so many movies he completely forgot, and now there's, like, no reason for him to be on the show at all. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what cracked me up, that, that end there, the, uh, the the catch really got me. Yeah. <laughs> I like Al's, re- Al's uh, expression was very funny, where he just puts his hand on his chin like, oh, my God. <laughs> Much to Scott's relief, he said he'll hang around anyway. So with the Chattering Teeth logo and Weird Al playing the keyboard, we cut to commercial. As uh, we fade out, we see Kevin is once again explaining to Scott some more of the finer details of Kevin Town. Yeah. So we get an odd moment of uh, product placement here. We're uh, offstage. The Owlis is making a phone call to his oldest friend, the Travelocity Gnome. Uh, every time the Owlis tries to explain his predicament, the gnome tells him how it reminds him of a vacation that he's been on, and <laughs> the Owlis takes the gnome's stories for advice and agrees to even visit Big Ben with him as long as they stop by Ireland. So it's like a weird integrated commercial. Yeah, it's very, very bizarre. It's funny that Netflix does air these, so if you do watch Netflix, you will get these, because they are technically part of the show. Uh, But then we go into our real commercial break. So at this point, the show goes into a commercial break. So why don't we take this opportunity to take a commercial break ourselves? We'll pay some bills and we'll be right back. Hey, what did you guys get for lunch? Turkey and mayo. 
bologna sandwich. How about you, Skippy? Uh... Oh, mashed potato in a can. <laughs> Skip, you loser. Mashed potato in a can. Get your kid made fun of. Only 50 cents at the dollar store. And we're back. All right, so when we return, Weird Al is playing a real tropical piece of music with the uh, Comedy Bang Bang logo at the corner of the screen. I just love, like, you know, you're, I'm watching Weird Al's fingers. You know, he's really playing this music. It's so good. Yeah, very talented. There's multiple pianos or small pianos and, and different effects pedals and things on the on the uh the stage with them there, yeah. Yeah. The area. Very uh underrated musician, I guess you could say. I mean, obviously amazing at the accordion, but yeah, I can play anything. So uh, we we cut back to the couches where Kevin is finishing telling Scott a story about his third time in rehab. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott's about to resume the show, but once again the owlist shows up interrupting him, now asking if the food in the kitchen looks different. And Scott's like, no. So the Alice reveals that he stole all of the potatoes. And Scott tries to keep a straight <laughs> face, but eventually he, Kevin, and Weird Al all start laughing because in Hollywood, no one eats carbs. And they scream the word carbs in sort of a shattered triple split screen with carbs across the screen. <laughs> Which causes the Alice to go flying across the room. Yes. Into a wastebasket. Yes, full of garbage. He lands on a used tissue, which sticks to him. There's a lot of uh, stunts by the Alice here. I think we forgot to mention, too, like when he jumps off the water cooler, he like breaks both of his ankles. <laughs> or just like starts limping away. <laughs> I didn't notice that. So swearing to perform another prank, the Alice promises to steal the firstborn sons of everyone in the crew. And Scott looks around, and he isn't really sure if anyone on set even has a firstborn son. I mean, I like how Scott mentions too about the the yeah uh, rhyme and has <laughs> a discussion with uh, Kevin about the it's like oh yeah it's, it's weird all his <laughs> rhymes in with the <laughs> now Scott's looking around to see if anybody has a son and we cut to a character named El Jefe Menincharjo. <laughs> did they did they mention that in the episode? I don't recall him saying they, his name. No, they don't. He's been in the uh, show before. Uh, this this is a character played by Matt Walsh, one of the original members of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Very, very funny guy. And uh, he says he has a son, and the owls can have him. Uh, we see that he has a very large adult son who holds a large plastic cup of soda and is painfully passing gas like every second. He has sharp farts. <laughs> yeah, that's what he <laughs> describes it as. <laughs> we also learn uh, other details about him, like he's a gamer who needs to clean the grease from his headset. But he's a noob. So meanwhile, Scott is gazing upon this pot of gold, and he says he'd rather be dead than give up a precious coin. And seeing that nothing is working, the Alice curses into his hat, <laughs> and he jigs away hand in hand with Man in Charge's son, who is asking for Wolfenstein cheat codes as the two walk away. <laughs> and the editing of them two walking away is so hilarious. <laughs> Not quite reaching the ground with the feet there, it seems like. No. And it's so funny looking. I can't describe it. You gotta see it for yourself. <laughs> so that was it. Scott says, we'll be right back. And Weird Al plays them out into another commercial break. So when we return, uh, Kevin finishes telling Scott a joke with the punchline, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to the duck. Have you ever heard that joke before? No. I looked it up because I'm like, that's gotta be something real. It's an actual joke. Evidently it is. Uh, I, look, I think I found it in Yahoo Answers. And basically, 
Wow, it says from one decade ago. It doesn't even count it in years anymore. But this is the joke that I found online that finishes with that punchline. Okay. It, it says, a woman walks into a bar with a duck under her arm, and the bartender says, nice pig. And the woman says, it's not a pig, it's a duck. And the bartender says, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to the duck. <laughs> the fact that they based it on a real joke is pretty funny. It is, yeah, that's great. And I love here on Yahoo Answers, the person explains, for all the stupid people there, the bartender was calling the lady a pig, and he was talking to the duck. <laughs> so anyway, Scott now welcomes the next guest to the show, one of the biggest actors in the world, Leonardo DiCaprio, which, of course, when you see that Leonardo DiCaprio is on Comedy Bang Bang, yeah, you know something's I, I, I knew something, yeah, I, I knew, I've never seen the show before, I knew that wasn't, that wasn't real. <laughs> so... As Weird Al plays a very jaunty theme, we see someone run onto stage, but instead of Leonardo DiCaprio, it's a character, Rodney Weber, a man who is very concerned about Scott's well-being and jumps immediately into his lap. Rodney here is played by Ben Schwartz, who you may remember as John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. Yes, such such a funny actor. <laughs> and uh, he was also one of the voices used for BB-8 in The Force Awakens. I was amazed to see that, because I looked him up and yeah. like... I th- it, his role was very strange or the the way they put his role in that it was like a voice consultant or something like that for BB I'm like what yeah he basically vocalized the mannerisms of the noises <sighs> that's that's bizarre him and Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live really yeah I always wondered if it's Ben and Bill or the BBs in BB-8 but uh, I don't know that could be so we learned that Rodney is here in place of Leonardo DiCaprio because he's his publicist or Perbahair, as he says, due to the fact that he cannot correctly say the name of his profession. <laughs> and you can tell this is all improvised. Uh, Scott and Ben uh, very often have solo episodes of the podcast. I believe they call them solo bolos, and then it goes in... I think they did the fourth one was the, the solo quattrolo. <laughs> and they, these episodes are just them improvising with each other and singing. Yeah. Try to see how many songs they can sing together and connect them to other songs. And so these two definitely have a rapport. And Rodney Weber's been on the show before. He seems to always want to jump into Scott's lap. Yes, yes. And he does that right at the beginning of the uh, the skit here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rodney here confuses Weird Al with Kid Cudi, and Al just kind of goes with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically, we learn that. What happened was Rodney confused Scott's calls regarding Leonardo as a personal invitation onto the show. And he tells Scott, oh, if you wanted Leonardo, you should probably have called him directly. He's like, you're his publicist. <laughs> the one moment that I was cracking up, uh, Scott is told by Rodney to do an alley-oop, which I guess is what he calls a high five, the next time he's saying something as a joke. So Scott tests this by saying, okay, what's black and white and red all over? Yeah, this cracked me up too. And Rodney refuses to participate. He's calling the joke racist. <laughs> and Scott says, well, that's not racist. Well, unless it's a racist newspaper. And Rodney looks over to Weird Al, who's like, yeah, it's a little racist. It's a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now Rodney had just arrived from a funeral, hence his suit. And Kevin says that he feels a little underdressed. Rodney finds this so funny, he crawls headfirst all over Scott once again. <laughs> And so Scott's pretty fed up at this point. He tells him, you know, I was all prepared for this interview with Leonardo DiCaprio. And Rodney tells him, oh, you know, go ahead anyway. And he claims to know everything about Leonardo DiCaprio anyway. So 
Scott begins by mentioning Leonardo DiCaprio's credits, such as getting his start on Growing Pains and winning an Oscar for The Revenant. And we see right away Rodney doesn't seem too familiar. In fact, he admits he's only seen three things. Did you catch this? Yogi Bear, Amistad, and his neighbor. (laughs) We also learn that the neighbor seems to be having some marital problems, and he often wears just a top hat or a left sock. So Scott wonders, hey, I wonder if your neighbor might be Daniel Day-Lewis because he starred in a film called My Left Foot. My, My Left Foot, yes. And despite supposedly being one of Hollywood's top publicists, Rodney doesn't know who that is. So Scott even admits like, okay, well... Rodney isn't a bad guest. He's just not that famous. And this is confirmed by Kevin Bacon not remembering his name, much to Rodney's disappointment. (laughs) So Scott decides to ask Leo one last thing, and that is, what is it like working with Martin Scorsese? And so Rodney replies by saying, well, of course, everyone knows that Martin Scorsese is a famous elephant that flies. And before he can continue, Scott just throws to commercial. And I like, as they fade to commercial here, Rodney asks Kevin if he's ever seen Footloose, telling him it's pretty good. <laughs> and Kevin's like, ah, I haven't seen it in 35 years. Just the improvisation is, is just very funny. Yes. Oh, very much so. And Ben Schwartz has his own improv show quite regularly called Snow Pants, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, and I I believe uh, Snow Pants involves having one famous person not familiar with improv. So at one point, he did have J.J. Abrams on stage doing uh, different scenes with them. So that's pretty funny. So from here, we go to commercial once again. Uh, When we return, Rodney is asking Scott and Kevin the difference between cottage cheese and bad milk. (laughs) Scott's like, I wish you would just shut up. Scott welcomes the viewing audience back to the show, but is interrupted by Kevin, who, I love how Scott's interrupted pretty much at every point. Yeah, yeah. Whenever he's trying to get something going. But uh, Kevin tells him that he's worked something out earlier with Boris, who we learn is the boyfriend of the production assistant, G. Uh, Cutting off stage, we see this guy, Boris, getting down on one knee, proposing to G, Mm. but when he opens the ring box, there's no ring. And then he's not the only one missing stuff. Uh, Zeke looks down, notices his gold anklet is missing. Weird Al can't find his gold shoelaces. Did you notice when he had his foot kind of cranked up there? Yeah, he's, he's very, he does that a lot. It's his, uh, he's very uh, limber. Yeah, it reminded me of the Space Ghost episode he Banjo. the same kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, he had, to, I think he padded both of his legs behind his head in that one. Yes, he did, yes. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. I'm like, is that a fake foot? And then I remembered, no, he's actually pretty flexible. He is very flexible. Also, Tim Kalpakis who's, I mentioned, one of the sketch comedy troupe, The Birthday Boys, shows up and yells that his gold necklace is missing. Oops, a shirt wide to show. Funny. <laughs> Just then, the Alice returns, telling them that he has everyone's gold and will return it in exchange from the pot of gold Scott took from him earlier. And Scott, in that deep voice, refuses. But Weird Al implores him to fight through his dragon sickness, and, and Tim Kalpakis does as well. <laughs> so... Scott continues to look down with an evil face, but is now called to by the spirit of the Dwarf King from the Hobbit films, Thorin Oakenshield. This would get kind of weird for me, I'll see. <laughs> oh, it, at this point, like I said, you can never expect where these shows are going, yeah. and it's like completely off the rails at this point. So, the spirit of Thorin shows up behind them. Uh, Thorin tells Scott that his friends are more important than gold. Weird Al, the celebrity guest, and of course, when they cut to Kevin Bacon and Rodney, Rodney takes it as he's the celebrity guest, and he clarifies, uh, Rodney Weber. <laughs> Dearhead. 
Yeah, Deerhead. Uh, Tim Kalpakis, mentioned by name. Uh, Zeke, as well as two long-haired crew members named Feely and Keely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're actually real Tolkien characters, by the way. Feely and Keely, they are dwarves from The Hobbit. They're actually Thorin's nephews. Oh, really? Okay, I know yeah. that. But uh, I guess they work on the show for some reason. <laughs> in this they're carpenters, I think mallets. That was pretty yes. funny. <laughs> so Scott finally breaks, saying he no longer wants the gold as the Owlis celebrates. But Scott decides that since an abundance of wealth doesn't make one happy, the money should be distributed evenly, despite skill level or how hard one works. As slowly more come around to his way of thinking, and Weird Al even suggests that they hold more meetings to talk about it. I like the fact that during this whole speech, one of the pieces of gold, or two pieces of gold, fell on the floor. Oh, really? And Rodney reaches down and grabs one and pockets it. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, That's yeah. great. During That's the speech awesome. when he's standing up with, with the pot, he just kind of <laughs> takes it you know, nonchalantly and just puts it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. That's great. They're, they're talking more and more about uh, this ideology, and even the Aulis is on board, uh, wanting to help them in any way possible. And just immediately, this jump cuts to a Soviet-era poster featuring Scott, Weird Al, and the Aulis with welcoming arms. Uh, the poster in a fake Cyrillic typeface says, Comedy Bang Bang, the way to progress. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yep. I, I, uh, I love that poster. I oh, saw yeah. that. I I that I stopped that and watched. I paused that for a while and looked at that. I love posters like that for some reason, like the <laughs> old propaganda. And that just cracked me. I would love to get a copy of that. That is just really, <laughs> really a funny poster. There's some great artwork just for the show in general. Uh, they they change it up every season. So season five has kind of like a tropical theme, and it's Scott and Weird Al on a surfboard. Yes. Yeah. Really great. But yeah, what a strange ending. Uh, many times. You'll have an episode where the end is just like, oh, well, whatever. It, they just have some crazy ending. But it's always very, very funny. Yes. Yeah, this culminates in this huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of our episode. From here, we cut to the logo for Comedy Bang Bang Productions, again with the logo. And so next, we get the logo for Earwolf Media. And we hear the vo a voice saying, the wolf dead. Uh, this is comedian Nick Kroll. This goes back to the podcast as well. Very early on in its radio days, Nick Kroll was a, a frequent guest on the podcast, the radio show, as well as the television show playing various characters. Uh, one early episode, he was playing a character as a radio DJ named El Chupacabra, and he was doing some sign-off for the show or something in the middle of the show. Uh, because Scott formed the, the company Earwolf, which kind of is now a podcast network. Uh, and he did this thing where there's some sort of screaming and howling. And uh, he said, the wolf dead at the end of it. And they're like, the wolf dead? <laughs> it morphed into the, the, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it morphed into just kind of like the catchphrase of the network. When Earwolf became its own network away from the radio station, he re-recorded it and it played at the end of every Earwolf podcast. Where uh, EarwolfRadio.com, the screaming and then the wolf dead, made no sense unless you actually knew that old, old reference. And it's just funny that it carried on to the TV show. Our next production logo is the man saying, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As we mentioned many times on this podcast, because we've done a lot of absolutely shows, that's Tim Heidecker's father. Oh, uh, really? Okay. He, yeah. So, of course, you'll see this absolutely logo at the end of many, many shows, such as... Uh, review, Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job, Tom goes to the mayor, Nathan for you. Nathan for you, that's where I saw before, yeah. Yeah, so many shows. 
And finally, the IFC logo. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah. So, Sean, what are your thoughts now upon watching Comedy Bang Bang for the first time for this podcast? Yeah, you know, I, I did like it. You know, I think it's one of those things where I had to actually... I, I seem to get more out of it, of course, going through it with you. My first run through, to be honest, I was a little wary, I mm-hmm. guess you can say. I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I think it's like I said, you definitely have to watch it from episode one. And that's what I plan to do to get all of the references and try to get, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those shows you, it's really hard to just jump right in the middle of. Um, but it was funny. It was very, very, very different. You got to have that kind of sense of humor, I think, where you, where you, you know, everyone will get at least one chuckle out of it, I think. Something that will appeal to them, but. I could see it, why it has a cult following, definitely. And I'll definitely watch more. Yeah, this this is a show that I, I always liked. I haven't caught up because, like, you know, like I said, 110 episodes in five seasons, there's a lot I've missed. And it aired at weird times. You know, it was on pretty late on IFC, unfortunately. So there, there was a lot that I missed. So I'm glad Netflix has put these on in chunks. I believe we're finally going to get the end of season five, maybe this spring or summer, I think Scott Ackerman said. Yeah. So, you know, maybe by the time you, you're listening to this, you know, they're all up there. But, yeah, great show. Very, very funny. Strange surrealist humor. Famous comedians. Uh, you know, even if you don't know them by name, most likely you've seen them in something. You know, from Zach Galifianakis and Amy Poehler to people from, you know, Parks and Rec and Community and The Office. So, just really funny people. Just a strange style. Uh, this episode itself, this is the first time I actually got a chance to watch a season five episode. Not my favorite episode. Probably not. I think the AV Club gave it a B minus, which is pretty yeah. decent. This was, you know, don't get me wrong. I found this hilarious, but you definitely, like you said, need to go through and, and watch it just to catch what some of the in jokes are. And uh, fortunately, there is a, a comedy bang bang wiki uh, that has a lot of references and characters and i think there's even a website uh, about comedy bang bang jokes explained or something like that yes that uh that helps people because there's a lot i mean there's years and years of material before the show even came on the air which is such a unique situation well it's like watching like an mst3k where there's so many references you really have to just yeah you know pause it and go back and watch it again so yeah i definitely i definitely um enjoyed it and I will, will watch more myself. I, I think it was very funny. I, I could see how, it, again, it could be very addictive in getting into it. And I love the fact that, like I said, all the comedians and all the actors in general from the different series that you mentioned, Parks and Rec, and that's just great. I, I just love when they do that. They get all these different famous actors involved. I think that's really funny. So I, I will definitely check it out again. All right, and that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, your degrees from Kevin Bacon, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow <laughs> at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Sean, you have anything you want to plug? Uh, not today. All righty. Uh, I am on Twitter. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. I am also on Vine for a few more days. Uh, my name there is MC and Friends. You can, when does uh, Vine end? Is it, is it soon? When are I they b- killing it? believe it's the 17th. Really? Yeah. So they, are they shutting it, like, solid? What's what's going on with that? The app will remain as the Vine camera, so I can still use it to do stop-motion animation and stuff, which is yeah. good, and, uh, you know, export them to my camera roll, but, yeah, it's kind of a utility now instead of a social media platform. So the whole site is just going to go away, huh? I don't know. I don't know if those are going to stay archived or what, but, I, yeah. you know, as a Vine creator, you can 
get an email link sent to you and they'll send you a zip file so you can have copies of all your stuff which is good very weird well check definitely check out uh, mcm friends on instagram oh thanks yeah i'm i had a move to instagram but i'm mc underscore and oh. underscore friends on instagram Anyway, follow, yeah, follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be doing a lot of my drawings in uh, my flip page animations from Vine. I'll be posting, like, the best of those stuff as well. Yep. Well, if you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out. And if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. For Android users, we are also available to stream in or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio as well as the Google Play Music app, so you can check us out there. Uh, if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel. You can set Hitting Play as a favorite, and you can listen to our episodes, stream them right through your televisions as they are posted. And uh, speaking of streaming, I, I have one more quick plug I, I should mention. Uh, our, my favorite radio show ever, the best show. So great. Uh, Tom Sharpling has a Patreon. He's asking for any listeners to donate whatever they can. Uh, as a, a monthly pledge, you know, even as low as a dollar uh, to, to help sustain the best show, make it ad free and uh, free to everyone to listen to. So please uh, check that out. And uh, another big thing is if you've heard my uh, previous episode with uh, the great Kristen Bartlett and Jason Gore, Jason, I think it, in that episode was hinting at a big project that they were working on. That was months ago. Well, hmm. it, w- it was finally launched. It's the best show 24-7. And you can find that at thebestshow.net slash 24-7. And this is a 24-hour a day, seven days a week stream of all the best moments from The Best Show throughout its long history. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great when they do that. It's awesome. And since we on Cape Cod had, uh, I don't know, what do you think? Close to two feet of snow? Yeah, somewhere around there. I lost uh, count. Yeah. The it, first foot. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So uh, it was a, a great thing to have during that. So thank you to Tom. Thank you to Jason and uh, Kristen and Mike and Pat and, and everyone there on the show uh, for putting this together and everyone else who I don't know or forgetting to mention. I know there's a lot that went into uh, making this, but thank you so much for that, that great thing. And it's just some great comedy there. If you're not familiar with The Best Show, check it out, please. It's... Uh, thebestshow.net slash 24-7. Just really, really funny stuff and uh, all the best of Sharpling uh, and just from his show, not even just the Sharpling and Worcester bits, just the the funny moments from the show. They did a great job with it. Uh, I was was very pleased to finally get to listen to it. Yeah, I second that. Great show. Best show is, is awesome. So definitely check that out. It's the best. Yep, best show. Well, we have been Sean and Scott and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Vinci's Demons. (laughs) 